Thanks for tuning in to The Happiness Playbook, a podcast where we explore the why and how of happiness. I'm your host, Neil Hooper, and I just wanted to remind you that life is a team sport, so let's play together. Your reviews have been incredibly humbling to read. We cannot thank you enough for your support and feedback. Just wanted to share an awesome review from Gib Brook, who said, Here it is. I've been looking for this kind of a podcast. I know as I keep exercising my happiness muscle, it will get stronger, but it takes a deliberate effort and mindset. Can't wait to keep listening and learning more. I feel this is going to make a powerful turn for me in my life as I keep learning about play theory. Gibbrook, thank you so much for that amazing review. Happiness is a muscle and your muscle will get stronger. Can't wait to hear more from you. We also had Maria Palmer comment on episode three on the website. She said, Oh, this is a big, juicy dose of good medicine for these times. Looking forward to hearing more. Maria, you are just a lovely human being, and we are so grateful for your influence and comments. We need all the good medicine we can get these days. Thank you so much. Our highlight reel today is going to be good. Let's see what good things are happening in the world. First up, A team of scientists at Michigan State University has developed a remote forest fire detector and alarm system powered by nothing but the movement of the trees in the wind. Believed to be the first of its kind, the device, which is the size of a soup can, and costs just $20 to produce, is infinitely cheaper than manned patrols searching from fire watchtowers, and more reliable than satellite monitoring, which may be hindered by weather or fire smoke. This self-powered sensing system could continuously monitor the fire and environmental conditions without requiring maintenance after deployment, says lead author Cheng Young Chow, a mechanical engineer who directs the Laboratory of Soft Machines and Electronics at MSU. For Chow and his team, the tragic forest fires in recent years across the American West, Brazil, and Australia were driving forces behind this new technology. Chow believes that early and quick responses to forest fires will make the task of extinguishing them much easier. This will significantly reduce the damage and loss of property and life. I've got lots of family and friends out in California right now, very close to the fires. And the thought of technology helping us navigate these scary natural disasters is so encouraging. This is such good news that people are finding Uh, ways to advance technology in a way that makes uh, the world a safer and and better place. So very good news. Now, this next bit of good news is really important. So I want you to listen up. (laughs) It's not easy being a cow living among African lions in Botswana. After all, there's always the threat you could soon be a big cat's meal. UNSW conservationists have found an effective, low-cost way to protect cattle from their predators and help lions coexist with livestock and farmers. Buckle up for this one. In a piece of psychological trickery, scientists have trialed painting eyes on local cattle behinds. Let that sink in for a minute. Scientists are painting eyeballs on cows' rear ends to protect them from lion attacks. 
Now, you might be laughing to yourself. I know I did when I read this beautiful article. But hear me out. In nature, being seen can deter predators. So, for example, you might know of um, patterns resembling eyes on butterfly wings are known to deter birds. And, you know, woodcutters in India in the forest have long worn masks on the back of their heads to ward off man-eating tigers. So why not apply this logic to those poor cows in Africa? (laughs) Scientists are kicking off their study with 62 cattle, and after three months will return to Botswana to further test and validate the tool. If the tool works, it could provide farmers in Botswana and elsewhere with a low-cost, sustainable tool to protect their livestock and a way to keep lions safe from retaliatory killing. That's good news all around. Next time you're feeling down, just remember there are cows running around in Africa with eyes painted on their hindquarters. If that doesn't lift your spirits, I don't know what will. Now for our team huddle. Those five-star reviews keep coming in. Thank you. It really helps with our ranking and validates what we're doing. So thank you so much. And a five-star rating is amazing. And just so you know, we also love those written reviews. So if you have a little extra time on your hands, that takes it to the next level and really helps us out. A few episodes ago, we discussed being present. So I just want to ask, have you applied the principle of be present in your life? My wife and I have been practicing waiting two seconds before responding in a conversation, and it has made such a difference in our connection. And I love waiting those extra two seconds and then just hearing so much more uh, from, from my wife. It's been awesome. Something else exciting, we updated our website again with a podcast player so you can listen straight from the website, but we also have a comments section so anyone can go on the website, look up a specific episode and start engaging, asking questions, making comments. So we're really excited about this platform to be able to interact with you. So if you learned something from the podcast today, please go to playtheory.org and let us know what your thoughts were and, and comment specifically right there on the website on the on the episode. We are also very happy to announce the Happiness Playbook is now on Google, Android, Deezer, and Spotify by the time you're listening to this. So go share the wealth. Lots more places to hear the Happiness Playbook. Now it's time to dive into our principle. Today we are learning about the second play theory principle, let go and play. I love this principle. It has a very special place in my heart and I can't wait to dive into it with you. What does it mean to let go and play? It means leaving your ego at the door and being humble and teachable. It means having fun and living life to the fullest. It also means leaving your comfort zone and taking chances. Play lowers the stakes in any given situation and allows for greater risk-taking, making it a powerful tool for learning. When we accept that mistakes are opportunities to learn, we can be empowered by our past choices. Being humble and teachable opens new ways of thinking that improve our life experience. Some of you may recall the 1971 cult classic movie, Harold and Maude. For the rest of you, you're welcome. It's an odd film with an allegorical plot about how our focus shapes our outlook. 
Harold, a depressed young man played by Bud Court, is obsessed with death, so much so that he keeps faking his own death in hopes of getting his mother's attention. One rainy day at a funeral of all places, he meets Maud, an older woman played by Ruth Gordon. In contrast to Harold, Maud is obsessed with living after surviving a Nazi concentration camp. This makes her choice to embrace living in contrast to Harold's obsession with death, even more profound. Here's a little clip from a pivotal moment in the movie. I understand a lot of people enjoy being dead, but they're not dead, really. They're just backing away from life. Reach out, take a job, get hurt even, play as well as you can. Great advice from Maud here. We need to live L-I-V-E. Let's embrace the life we have and live in the present moment as we learned in a previous episode. Let's learn as Harold did from Maud to live, to not be paralyzed by the fear of some negative thing the future might bring, to release ourselves from the regret of a past action we no longer have any control over. In order to live, we have to let go of the past and step into the possibilities before us. We need to let go and play. This message is beautifully captured by the soundtrack to the movie featuring Cat Stevens' song, If You Want to Sing Out. Let's take a listen. Well, if you want to sing out, sing out And if you want to be free, be free Cause there's a million things to be You know that there are And if you want to live high, live high And if you want to live low, live low Cause there's a million ways to go You know that there are What you want the opportunities are and if you find a new way you can do it today you can make it all true and you can make it undo you see you can do what you want the opportunities on and if you find a new way you can do it today you can make it all true, and you can make it undo. You see, it's easy. You only need to know. So now I want to ask you, what happens when we're afraid of doing the wrong thing? When we can't be sure we won't make a misstep, a mistake? How do we move forward when we can't know the outcome? Liam, a youngster around eight years old, learned this lesson one day during his children's choir practice. I'll let his choir director tell it in her own words. I was the choir leader at my church for about 30 children, ages 4 through 11. We were preparing to sing for an upcoming program, and I was reviewing all of the songs with the group. 
I had set up a game where one child would step outside the room while I hid a small item in front of the other children. They were then instructed to sing at a volume that reflected how close the entering child was to the hidden object. For those familiar with the game Warmer, Colder, or Hot and Cold, this will make total sense. Instead of saying warmer, though, when the child took a step closer to the hidden object, the others would sing louder. And vice versa, if the child took a step away from the hidden object, the others would sing more quietly. It was a fun game that kept the group's interest while reviewing the songs. Everything was going great, the children were engaged, and we were covering a lot of music, although it was rare to get through a whole song. Until Liam's turn. As he stepped into the room, the other children started singing right on cue, watching as Liam stood stock still, looking about the room without taking a step. The children sang and kept singing at the same nondescriptive volume because Liam wasn't moving one way or the other. Liam and the children were locked in a static orbit of inertia. He was paralyzed by the fear of making the wrong move, and the children were helpless to give him a signal without him taking a step, whether it be wrong or right. Neither could change. And so they sang. And they kept singing. And singing. They sang the first verse, then the second, then the third. And back to the first verse. Again, still Liam wasn't budging. It was getting awkward, and the kids were growing weary of singing the same song over and over. So, I motioned to Liam to try to take a step to the right or left. He wouldn't move, even though he had a 50-50 chance of taking a step toward the hidden object. Yet, Liam still wasn't willing to take the risk. He wasn't willing to risk making a mistake. Can you relate to Liam? There's an old saying attributed to Thomas Jefferson that goes, If you want something you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. In order to get the prize, Liam had to be willing to step into the unknown and risk being wrong. He had to let go and play. After all, he was playing a game. It was a game because the stakes were not life and death. The stakes were so low, in fact, he wasn't even facing a possible injury. It wasn't even a win or lose scenario. He just had the opportunity to find the hidden object. Now let's compare this to a child learning how to walk, who, by the way, faces far greater risk than Liam did that day. Wouldn't it be strange if, as parents or caretakers, we didn't allow the children to attempt walking because they were inevitably going to fall and hurt themselves. The child in that stage of life doesn't care that they're going to make a mistake. It's part of the learning process. They have to fall. They have to get up and fall and try again and try again. And that is how they learn how to walk. Why is it so clear when we look at that example of a child learning how to walk and yet we, as we get older, begin to allow that fear of failure and mistakes and judgment of others prevent us from moving forward and growing in even more profound ways. So back to Liam, what was he so afraid of? Making a mistake? Or was it how he would feel if he made a mistake? Instead of dwelling on the what ifs in life, 
What if I make a mistake? What if others think less of me? Or what if I fail and look like a fool? If we can recognize that in all of those what ifs, it is our thoughts that are causing us grief about an outcome that may never come to pass. In that moment, we, just as Liam might have done in another universe, can just let go of those thoughts that are not serving us and just play the game. Just play the game of life. Just talk to the person. Just engage with the group. Just try the new activity or hobby. What are some of the things that we need to let go of in order to play this game of life? Self-judgment, envy, comfort, harmful thoughts, whether they're towards others or ourselves. If we can shift our mindset from viewing failure as evidence of our lack of skill and capability to feedback on our performance, we will begin to move forward boldly and more confidently and actually grow. This mindset shift is what will eventually get us to where we want to be. Liam, just like so many of us, had grown to fear mistakes and had forgotten the foundational belief of all little children that a mistake is an opportunity to learn. What a transformative way of viewing our actions. Can you let go and play and see a failed effort to learn a new skill, to make a friend or improve in a hobby as an opportunity to learn rather than a condemning label that limits and stifles growth? It's hard. It's very tricky, but that's why happiness is a skill. And that's why we call this podcast the Happiness Playbook. We're giving you the instructions. We've got to remember that failure mistakes, these are all feedback. We just need to make adjustments to our approach and get back out there and keep playing. This principle is so essential to growth and happiness, yet so many of us reject opportunities to play. I really want you to check out our Facebook page to see a link of a video on YouTube of a couple of guys who really embrace this principle. I'm not going to give it all away right now, but basically there's this guy doing his job as a meter man or something, and the homeowner invites him to play a guessing game, and he's got envelopes with money inside. At first, the guy is understandably taken aback by the offer, but then, oh, and what I love about this video is it captures that moment. This, this meter man, this guy, he decides to just let go and play. And you can see it on his face. It's wonderful. You got to check it out. We'll post the link of the video on our Facebook page and uh, we'll put it in the show notes too so you can see it. Oh, I love this principle of let go and play. It's so crucial and it's so important, especially as we start getting older. Us adults, we, we forget the importance and the power of play and, and letting go of that fear and just going for it. I just wanted to take a time out for a quick shout out. I had the opportunity to sit down with our dear friend Dana Sanders on her incredible podcast, Spiritual Caffeine, and we talked about play theory, talked about the principles. I shared a little bit more about my story, about learning play theory, and we had a lot of fun. So I really hope you'll go check out that episode. She covers all the topics that are good for your soul. So go check it out and give your spirit that little jolt you've been craving. Okay. For our pro tip this week, we're giving you some homework, but don't worry, it's going to be amazing. I want you to pick an activity that you've never done before 
and try it out. If you're struggling to think of one, you can go find a dance instructional video. This is an easy way to do it. You could look up, if you go that route, clogging, shuffle step, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, the waltz, whatever. You can find those on YouTube. What I want you to do is to try it out. Okay, try out this activity. If you're doing the steps, if you're doing a new dance, I want you to notice what you tell yourself as you will inevitably make mistakes while learning this new activity or these new steps. Can you forgive yourself and accept that mistakes are a necessary part of going somewhere you haven't been yet? Remember, it's feedback. I've learned this firsthand. So I took up golfing a few years ago, and I've only been a handful of times. But just a few weeks ago, as part of a family reunion, all of the men folk in the family went golfing. I was, and still am, very terrible. I'm more of a mini-golf kind of guy, personally. But I pushed through that discomfort and fear of what the other, much better golfers in the family might think. And I even began, as uncomfortable as it was, asking for tips from the others in my group who were much better than myself. I went from giving in to the thoughts of inadequacy to viewing each swing as a data point for feedback. And there was lots of feedback and slicing going on. It was so cool, though, throughout the morning because I began gradually improving. And although I did lose seven golf balls during the game, on the last hole, I smacked my best shot of the game. And I thought back to how grateful I was that I just let go of that pride and embraced the fact that I was new and I just played the game. And I started viewing each swing, even, <laughs> even the really bad ones, as feedback, as data points. And I adjusted and I improved and I asked for tips. And by the end of it, I was swinging pretty decently. The initial discomfort when we're trying something new or are in a new situation or environment is often evidence that we are in the growth zone. If we can push past that discomfort, growth, connection, and satisfaction await us in profound ways. So I hope you'll take this invitation. Go try something you've never done before. Film yourself. Look at the feedback. And if you're feeling really brave, we'd love to see you trying out this new activity. So share it with us. As always, we want to hear from you. If you have a story, an idea, or feedback, head over to playtheory.org and send us a note on the contact page. And while you're checking out the video of the guy I mentioned earlier playing the game on our Facebook page, go ahead and like the page and consider joining the Play Theory Facebook group. We're really wanting to build the community there and share stories of success, ideas, thoughts, especially any positive news you might have that we could share for our highlight reel on the show. And as always, if we've benefited your life in any way, we hope you'll look outward and send us some love and leave a five-star review. We're building a community of positivity promoters and want you to be a part of it. So head over to our Facebook page and join the conversation. You can find it on the homepage of playtheory.org. A big call to action right there in the front. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Happiness Playbook brought to you by Play Theory. I loved introducing you to Let Go and Play today. And I want to leave you with this quote by M. Scott Peck. The truth is that our finest moments are most likely to occur when we are feeling deeply uncomfortable. So remember to leave that comfort zone because that's where life is at. 
leave your ego at the door, let go and play, and of course, remember that life is a team sport. Catch you next week.